your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. And hey, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. You can follow Cammie at Cammie and G. Cammie, we are less than two weeks. We're 12 days away from Texas kicking off the season against UTEP at DKR. Are you excited? Are you getting pumped? Is it feeling real? Are you getting there? You know, I've been trying to go back and forth on whether it actually feels real because for some reason in my mind, I guess the way the year has gone, it doesn't feel like the college football season will actually happen still in a way. Um, but obviously we're 12 days away and that's a very short time frame for anything, I guess, to uh, fall off the rails. So I am excited. I know it's just UTEP, but it's a it's basically our first uh, live glance at them. And so we didn't get that orange and white scrimmage like every year. So um, it'll be somewhat similar, I think, along the lines of uh, more of a scrimmage atmosphere for Texas in general. I think we'll see a lot of the younger and depth guys play, but I'm definitely excited. Yeah, we'll get a little bit of a look at UTEP, and, and we'll talk about this later in the week. Uh, but UTEP does kick off their season this Saturday. Uh, so there will be they will be playing. So we'll kind of get a look at and see what the competition looks like. I know they weren't very good last year. They were one and eleven. Uh, you could talk about where they rank. Uh, College Football Network put together their rankings of one through seventy six teams that are going to be playing football this fall. UTEP came in at number seventy six. So not a lot is expected of that of that team in that game. But you know it's a new season, so there's optimism in the air and, and everybody wants to talk about that and, and how exciting it is. Uh, just on a personal note, uh, coming up in, in next week, uh, once a week, I will be co-hosting the locked on college football podcast as we get you ready for kickoff each and every week, uh, different host every day. So, you know, it's a little variety, but, uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a fun project, I think, but you know, that's exciting. Uh, that that's coming up with college football coming down the pipe. I mean, obviously FCS already started. We already had one game. Yeah, I know. I, I had to actually uh, message you and be like, is is this like live? Is this going on for real? And uh, I know we, we made our predictions and whether they were going to cover or not and things like that. So it felt like you're typical uh, in the midst of a college football season. So we're finally here. We are finally here. Yeah, each and every week on Lo- on the uh, Longhorns Wire, we're going to have our game picks for each week. So that's going to be a fun little contest, see see who's got bragging rights, and maybe there might be a little prize at the end for whoever does better this season. Uh, we want to kick it off with a little mock draft Monday. Uh, so obviously NFL draft's a year-round process, and right. we, know, we know the name, right? Samuel Cosman. He's right. the guy that everybody's looking at. Uh, so looking at the, the latest uh, mock draft, Trevor Sikama, who hosts the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Benjamin Solak, put out his mock draft uh, last night, I believe. And, and he had Samuel Cosme going to the Los Angeles Chargers, which, you know, it kind of feels like that's commonplace now. It seems like everybody's it's either the Broncos or the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think both teams could use um, a left tackle like Sam Cosme or a tackle in general. But where exactly were the Chargers uh, located in the draft again? Was uh, it around the 10th? 
pick 13, I believe. Okay, yeah. I think between 10 and 15 is kind of where Cosme's been going in most of the mock drafts. But I think one of the highest I've seen was actually Todd McShay's big board where he had Cosme around the number 10 spot. So um, like we've mentioned, he could he could rise to become a top 10 NFL draft pick in 2021. So um, all he has to do is have another consistent and strong season, similar to last season. So um, obviously, iron sharpens iron in practice with uh, going up against Osai quite a bit. They've been teasing about that on their social media accounts. So I'm sure that's fun to watch and actually makes them both better in the process. But yeah, he's Texas top draft pick and could be one of the uh, highest draft picks uh, out of Austin, I would say, in the past several years. Yeah, so you're talking about um, number 10 on Todd McShay's big board, and that's accurate. He was exactly number 10, which is surprising because if you look at Dane Brugler's big board, uh, I think he had Cosme closer to the 40s, if I remember correctly. So there's a lot of people who have different thoughts and ideas on it. And, you know, that's the fun of the NFL draft. Nobody's the same. Uh, The other draft that I came across was the Sporting News put out their mock draft. Uh, They had Sam Cosme also in the top 13 picks, but this time they had him going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Ooh, for some reason, I don't feel like that's a solid landing spot for him. But um, I'm all on board with the Chargers, uh, Broncos. I think they both need help on the offensive line, especially um, a guy of his caliber. But I think I would be very surprised if he's not at least within a top 15 pick. Uh, You know, I think the Raiders make sense because they have offensive tackle troubles. Uh, Colton Miller, you know, hasn't really lived up to the expectations that were placed upon him. Um, you know, and they're trying to protect their quarterback that they've given a good amount of money to and in, in Derek Carr. So uh, it makes sense. But, you know, it's funny the teams that, that he's kind of been mocked to are teams with relatively young quarterbacks that they need mm-hmm. to protect that asset. You know, and so Sam Cosby makes a ton of sense. And, you know, and so it, it was interesting to see kind of where they fit. Uh, but, you know, there's it's interesting you brought up the highest draft pick. Cammy, uh, do you remember the last offensive tackle – drafted in the first round out of the University of Texas. Gosh, no. And all I can think about is the last offensive lineman in general, which is Connor Williams in round two. And I'm trying to think of round one draft picks in general. I'm dating back to even, um, I know we had maybe like around the 32nd pick a couple years ago on the defensive line, but I'm thinking way back to like the safety position. So it's been a long time and no, I cannot name who that was. Okay. So the last time an offensive tackle was drafted in the first round out of the University of Texas. We're talking pre-Vince Young. Holy We're talking Leonard wow. Davis. So wow. That's how long it has been, 2001, since a offensive tackle out of the University of Texas was drafted in the first round. And you're right. Connor Williams is the highest offensive lineman in, in recent years going in the second round to the Dallas Cowboys. So that's kind of where they're at. Uh, let's, let's talk about a, a player who actually is in the NFL right now. Uh, Charles Aminahu, who is playing for the Houston Texans, uh, Bill O'Brien was talking about him uh, recently with the media. And, you know, just they're talking about how he said that, like, Charles is a different player. Like, he goes from what I saw last year to what I'm seeing in camp right now, he's a different player. Uh, just his technique is better and everything that he does is better. So it was just it was interesting to hear that he's having this this progression from year one to year two, which you expect. But. It just seems like he's even he's even impressing the coaches. Yeah, and I think that's kind of it. Kind of falls along the same path of development of him at Texas. 
Um, I've seen a lot of positive news regarding um, his improvement over this offseason with the Texans, but uh, he even uh, personally mentioned he was very vulnerable about how he didn't feel like uh, his potential was fully unleashed at Texas, and he couldn't wait to show um, everyone in the NFL. This was prior to him being uh, with the Texans, but he couldn't wait to show teams in the NFL that uh, what he was capable of because he felt like he wasn't able to express that at Texas or show that at Texas. So um, I'm happy for him. He bet on himself and it's obviously paying off and it sounds like he's going to get uh, quite a bit more playing time this season. You know, and it's not a surprise to many of us who have followed him and followed Texas. Malcolm Roach had the same things that, uh, that he said about Texas, that it wasn't his potential wasn't reached at Texas because of how the defense was playing. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to dive into a little bit of talk about an ESPN sleeper pick, fantasy football rankings, and a new wide receiver uh, coming to the 40 acres, all that. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is absolutely delicious. If you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. They're great if you're trying to be healthy. I mean, during this pandemic, you're staying home. You want to try and and not get – Cammie, what, what were we calling that? The COVID-30? Yeah, 15 the, or 30. It was 15 or 30. You know, it was just that, that extra weight that you're putting on from sitting at home. Uh, this thing, the Built Bar is great for losing weight, maintaining weight, and it's great for the keto diet. I know that's a raging thing that people like to do. They got their 12 original flavors. They got six new caramel brownie, cookies and cream. Uh, how about some lemon almond cheesecake? Anytime cheesecake's involved, I'm down. But you got to check them out. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. They're going to give you $10 off your first purchase. And if you order now, you can get one of those coolers while supplies last. I would love to have that cooler. There's so many things that I could put in that thing in my day-to-day. But these bars are covered 100% in chocolate, Cammie. Are you excited about that? Ooh, that sounds tasty. Soft, easy to chew. There's not that chalky taste. You don't have to wash it down with six gallons of water. So go over to BillBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. They'll give me $10 off. All right, Cam. So the Texas Longhorns have added a, yet another wide receiver. And I know people are probably thinking, what do we need another <laughs> wide receiver? I know. But if you can recall, and we talked about this in their last scrimmage, they were running their scrimmage in 12 personnel. That's one running back, two tight ends, and only two wide receivers. Why? Because their receivers were so nicked up, they couldn't, they didn't have the full uh, weaponry out there. So why would they bring another wide receiver in? For that very reason. Also, the guy that they're bringing in, former Oregon wide receiver slash safety, mm-hmm. Brendan Schooler. He's going to come in. He's going to. Add some depth, add some experience, but also he's really good on kick coverage. And uh, we got some, he's got some ball skills, obviously, because he played safety, had some interceptions, but also played wide receiver. Yeah, I think that expresses uh, mostly about his athleticism. Like you mentioned, he's, he sounds pretty versatile all over the field. Um, but I think it's kind of funny to us because we've been talking about the biggest question mark or one of the biggest question marks coming in has been the wide receiver position just because they're young and inexperienced and uh, mostly in terms of no one knows who's going to take over that starting role um, that DuVernay and Colin Johnson left behind. But um, this is now the second grad transfer wide receiver that's come in. So I think this now is probably one of the strongest position groups on the entire roster. I think the talent's clearly evident there, but yeah, it's, it's, he's kind of had a flipping 
back and forth decision. Uh, he committed to Arizona in the, this past December um, as a transfer. And then um, obviously due to the Pac-12 opting out of playing this season, he flipped his decision. And now he's heading to Austin. So, uh, yeah, I think it just provides another depth piece and solid competition at the position. He'll likely play on special teams. So I think it works out for Texas. You know, I had a little bit of a scare on Sunday morning. And wow. I'm sure you, you understand this one. So we get a text that Schooler has committed to Texas Tech University. And I'm sitting there going, oh, yeah. what? And then, and then I had somebody had to correct me. It was like, hey, that's his brother. I was like, oh, okay. So now we could potentially have a brother-family rivalry going on during that Texas Tech-Texas game that kicks off on September 26th in Lubbock. Yeah, that would be fun. And I actually, um, I'm digging their name. We've been talking about names quite a bit recently and how Texas is going after all these unique um, names that are kind of hard to pronounce. And Brennan Schooler is actually probably one of the easiest ones we've come across. Uh, it, it is. All right, so talking about the upcoming season, I don't know if you saw this. Trevor Maddich during the game against Austin P and Central Arkansas came out and said that his sleeper pick for the 2020 season is the Texas Longhorns. Well, would you consider them a sleeper? Because I feel like their expectations are really sky high to where they wouldn't necessarily, um, I don't know, come in as a sleeper to me. I mean, they're coming into the season ranked fairly high at that. I believe they'll probably on um, most polls be within the top 15 or so. So I don't necessarily consider them a sleeper. I think it would be um, kind of disappointing for them to not at least make the Big 12 championship game, which means they have a solid chance of making the college football playoffs. So um I'm, I guess I'm more confident in them this season than you to know, call I, them a sleeper. I think when it comes to that, you talk about the team expectations, right? So they have their expectations for the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. But maybe not the media, because that's really what this is deriving from. Right. This is the media's expectations. And one thing that we've constantly heard is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Those are the two teams that – that it seems like people are talking about as far as the Big 12 championship with not even mentioning Texas. So I think in that aspect, Texas is a sleeper. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because even the media was saying that this is the year that they kind of thought Texas would put it all together um, just due to the young players over the past couple of seasons. But I, yeah, I just can't see them being a sleeper. I think it would be a tad surprising if they made the college football playoffs, but I think everyone – uh, it's kind of realistic to the fact that they have a lot of talent on that roster. It's just kind of the how the coaching staff is going to mesh and things like that. So uh, will they have that consistency? I guess we'll have to find out. But I just I don't I don't have it in me to call them a sleeper. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, I can see what, I can see your point. I kind of can see it from both sides and why you would call them a sleeper and why versus why you wouldn't call them a sleeper. Obviously, I project the Texas to go nine and one this season. So obviously I'm not sleeping on it. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that Trevor Maddich said the reason why that he's calling him that is because he has the utmost confidence in Sam Ellinger. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, everyone does. There, I think yeah. His, yeah. His numbers speak for himself. So speaking of Sam Ellinger, did you know that he is the number one rated fantasy quarterback if you play fantasy football for the college level? Ooh, I mean, I could see it. We know how well his numbers are, and he actually had some of the uh, least uh, amount of interceptions over the past, I, or I guess last year. So, uh, yeah, I get it. He throws the ball enough. He runs, obviously. He kind of reminds me of, like, I mean, I play NFL fantasy football. I haven't played college yet, but um, if I were to compare him to 
um, a quarterback in the NFL that kind of does both on a uh, through the air and on the ground. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, so when you look at it, Ellinger, he, he accounted for over 4,300 yards of total offense last year, 39 touchdowns. Year before that, it was over 3,700 yards and 41 touchdowns. So obviously he has the air ground combo, scores a lot of touchdowns. That's going to get you a lot of points. Uh, the number two rated quarterback, which I laugh, that's Spencer Rattler at number two. Oh, over, well, yeah, over, over Trevor Lawrence. No way. Yeah, QB yeah. two was uh, Rattler. Trevor Lawrence was number three. Uh, some of the other notable quarterbacks were on this list. Brock Purdy was number five. Uh, former Longhorn quarterback Shane Bouchelle came in at seven. Uh, then they had Spencer Rattler at eight. And here's where it gets funny. Alan Bowman, 21. Charlie Brewer, 29. Skylar Thompson, 38. I just thought it was interesting they had Alan Bowman so much higher than the guys who actually can stay somewhat healthy. Yeah, I, I'm pretty shocked about the Trevor Lawrence thing still. I just don't see – I mean, I know everyone has high hopes for Rattler, and he's just, I don't know, too inexperienced for me, and they lost a couple of their best players this offseason. So, yeah, I guess fantasy football is all kind of a luck thing. Okay, so – Talking about fantasy football, we're gonna we're gonna get into some more Longhorns rankings here in a second. But Kami, I, I got to know, what is your your fantasy football name this year? What what name are you going with? Oh, I usually have um, Phil Mary F A I L, but um, I just actually drafted uh, my team about a week or so ago. So I guess I could kind of make make a team name regarding one of my top players, but I'm not sure yet. Not sure yet. Okay. Uh, the fail Mary is pretty funny though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into the big 12 running backs. Uh, Chuba Hubbard was number one. Not a shot. Uh, you have, uh, Brees Hall from Iowa state was number five. Sir Roderick Thompson from tech was number 11. Puka number 17. Checks out Zachary Evans. Had to play the snap was 37. Ooh. The well. only longhorn that was ranked. At the running back position was Keontae Ingram, and he was number forty-one, which makes sense given how the how the offense is going to operate this year. Yeah, I I don't think any of them would kind of. We've always had running back by committee, so I think in terms of their individual numbers and in season, um, probably wouldn't be as good as someone who kind of had the uh, every down role. But yeah, I I think those are fairly realistic. Okay, let's uh, wide receiver. No Devin Duvernay this year, so the highest rated player is going to be. Jake Smith. Yep, I was just going to say that. Where is he so at? Jake came in at number 29. Okay. Uh, which, you know, he had good production last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, it's a new system, and they're not quite sure about how the wide receivers ranked out. Uh, the number one ranked player was Jamar Chase, but as we all know now, uh, he has he opted, opted out, out of the season. Mm-hmm. So the, number, the new number one is going to be Devonta Smith out of Alabama. So I guess technically Jake is now 28th. Ooh. You got to remove him. Um, uh, Kylan Wallace from Oklahoma State was number three. Oklahoma had Charleston Rambo and Theo Weeson as 17 and 20. So they got two guys in the top 20. Uh, then they had Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor at 27. Um, and then Eric Izukanama, I don't know how you say his name. He was 40th. And then Brennan Eagles was 41. Yeah, but um, he's kind of had that up and down camp. So, uh, yeah, I don't, 
I don't know. I mean, like I just mentioned, fantasy football is all kind of predictions and luck, but I think Jake Smith is definitely going to have probably the best year um, out of that entire wide receiver group. And probably besides Ellinger, he could probably be Texas's highest, I guess, um, graded fantasy player this season. Obviously, because quarterbacks didn't get the most. Right. Do you believe that they actually had a tight end ranked among the top 25? What? Brewer? No. Uh, Malcolm Epps. He was ranked what? at – he was actually ranked at number 23. They must think he's going to get a lot of red zone targets. I mean, that's probably where he's best. I mean, Yeah, because they've been saying Brewer looks good and can't and how right, Harris needs to find a way to use him. But Brewer is more of the blocker, whereas mm-hmm. Epps is more of the receiver. But um, it's going to be interesting because Epps doesn't block as well, so it's going to be harder to get him on the field. Uh-huh. Uh, number one was Kylan Granson at SMU. Uh, Charlie Kohler at Iowa State was number two. And then Austin Stogner from Oklahoma was number eight. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm like I said, I don't normally play college football fantasy, but I can understand where Texas players are ranked, at least. And if you uh, if you need a big kick, you better get the third ranked kicker. Cameron Dicker. Cameron Dicker. Wow. Who, who's to, ahead of him, just out of curiosity? Uh, Riley Patterson at Memphis was the number one kicker. Um, and then he's obviously – Dicker is ahead of Gabe Burkick at OU, mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. number eight. Trey Wolf at Tech was number 11. And Blake Lynch at Kansas State came in at number 24. Wow. Yeah, that's that's high for Dicker. I mean, he deserves it. Yeah, 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 I think he does. I mean, he's been really accurate as far as extra points, and he mm-hmm. got better from his freshman year to his sophomore year in converting field goals. He uh, was at 77%. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that, that's good for him. I think it's a good jump. Uh, but coming up next, let's dive into a little bit. Who's the best team in Texas? And uh, a running back committed to the University of Texas that had a big game on Friday night? Okay, if I asked you who is the best team, college football team in Texas, who are you going to say? Um, realistically, Texas probably right now. Right now. Uh, well, according to CBS Sports, the best team in Texas is the Baylor Bears. Yeah, that's that has to be going off a previous season or something because that that's a little ridiculous. Um, Especially with a new head coach too. New head coach, so the staff's completely wiped out. And most people aren't even counting on Baylor to be in the thick of it this year. There's uh, too many questions surrounding their quarterback's health and Charlie Brewer. Uh, You know, obviously a a new staff. And uh, how is that team going to function? And and you have to admit that if you look around the Big 12, it seems like most of the teams have improved. I didn't see that level of improvement with Baylor. Yeah, yeah. Me neither. And honestly, if you're talking about uh, the top teams in Texas in general, just talent-wise alone, I think you could probably put three or four teams ahead of, ahead of Baylor. And that's just – I mean, Baylor is expected to fall within the middle of the pack in the Big 12, so I think that says enough. Well, if you look at it, talking about Baylor, they had mm-hmm. one good season. I mean, exactly. wasn't it just a year ago where they were the worst in the conference? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like if you're going off one year, okay, I get it. But if, if this is a collection of the last several years, because, you know, you could come out and say, oh, we were the best in Texas. Yeah, for that year. But, you know, how have you been for the last two years, three years, four years, five years? 
I'm not going to say Texas is world beaters because obviously Texas has their own issues. But right. I still think that Texas is the best team in the state of Texas. I agree. And I think that probably the closest um, number two would probably be Texas A&M, even though I hate to say that. And I'm not really sure who I would talk about. <laughs> I know, too. I'm not really sure who I would even begin to think about for the third and uh, fourth spots. But, yeah, I think Texas and Texas A&M are definitely in the top two. Uh, SMU would be up there for me. Yeah, I think they're definitely – I was probably thinking that within the top five. I just don't know how high I would put them. All right, so, Tammy, Jonathan Brooks committed to the University of Texas for the 2021 class, kicked off his high school football season. On Friday night, had a relatively big game. Carried the ball 16 times, 142 yards, three touchdowns, rushing, and one fumble return for a touchdown. So, you know, it's exciting to see the kids that are eventually going to be at the University of Texas get back on the football field on Friday night. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. And I'm praying, uh, as I'm even listening, um, I guess, to these stats, statistics and highlights and things like that, all I can think about is just I pray they can stay healthy throughout this season. Yeah, that that's the big thing. But I, I do know you're like me. We both love Friday nights. Friday nights in high, high school football in Texas is king. So, obviously, you know, it, it's fun to watch. But, you know, obviously he – Jonathan Brooks – had a big game. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't win. Uh, but but when you look at him coming in uh, to this class, is there another running back on the horizon? Obviously, Kamar Wheaton was the guy that we've talked about and that we thought might be coming in with Bijan uh, for the upcoming class. And he obviously removed Texas from his top list. Uh, so Texas is now more focused on LJ Johnson at a side fair. Yeah, he's the one I'm uh, very excited about. I know he's a speedy guy. I know Bijan Robinson's been kind of recruiting him and consistently talking to him uh, to try to get him out here in Austin. So I think they both would be a ridiculously dangerous duo um, in Austin. And I think they'll both obviously get a significant amount of carries. So um, that's one I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where he, he kind of ends up. But I'd be kind of surprised at this point if it's not Texas. Yeah, well, it's obviously it's down to Texas or A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you pay attention to their crystal balls, it's a difference of 5%. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, and, and Auburn's in there and Georgia's in there and LSU is in there. You know, so it's these top running back teams, running teams, I should say, that are really gunning for him. So I think, you know, he adding him into the mix uh, with Bijan, uh, you know, with Jonathan Brooks, because uh, – Keontae Ingram obviously could leave after this season and go to the NFL draft. He's eligible. Uh, obviously, I don't think Roshan would. Uh, I think Roshan needs another season, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have Roshan, Bijan, and then LJ Johnson and Jonathan Brooks next season. I mean, I think that's a pretty good uh, set because I think that they need at least four backs. Uh, Tom Herman talked about being apprehensive about only having three backs on, on scholarship. So I think they need to have at least four. Right. I agree with that. They need that depth. And considering especially them, what's been happening with injuries the past several seasons there in that uh, particular position group, I think it uh, has it struck a little fear within Herman, I would say. So, yeah, I agree. You at least need four scholarship backs back there. But I think regardless, they're going to be talented at that position for the uh, foreseeable future for sure. Yeah, especially if, if Bijan comes in here 
and sets the world on fire. You know, because then these top running backs are looking and go, oh, I can go to Texas and be the guy and get my way into the NFL draft. And, you know, having a guy like Stan Drayton, who's, who's the primary recruiter for most of these running backs, mm-hmm. um, and then you have a running back in the NFL by the name of Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Russian champion, um, has led the league in, in yards ever since he stepped foot on the NFL field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so he's over there saying, talk about how Stan helped him get to the NFL and how Stan made him a better running back. Um, you know, so these players are going to be listening to that. And they're like, okay, so they watch Zeke on Sundays and then they hear him talk positive about this guy. Okay, well, I'm going to go over to Texas and talk to Stan Drayton. Because if you remember, the Cowboys tried to get Stan Drayton to come coach uh, this past season. Yeah, I think um, not just the Cowboys. I think the Rams were kind of involved or interested in maybe speaking with him. So uh, he definitely has a lot of or he's garnered a lot of NFL interest. And I think uh, players pay attention to that because their overall goal is to um, get to the NFL and um, obviously be drafted as high as they can. So he has relationships. His resume of who he's coached is obviously very impressive. And so I don't think that should ever be overlooked in terms of recruiting. It definitely should not be overlooked in terms of recruiting. All right, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tell your smart device to play the latest edition of the Lockdown NFL Draft with Trevor Sikama, Benjamin Solak. Uh, and make sure you tune in tomorrow because me and Cammy will be right back talking a lot more Texas Longhorns football. But for Cammy, I'm Patrick. And as always, keep it locked on. Hook em.